Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Yo. Laying down one night. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. The best damn 2A attorney in the country is Guy Relford. A man that helps write laws here in the state of Indiana is Guy Relford. And it's time to pick his brain. Ask the gun guy. So if you've got a question about anything gun-related, situations, laws, now is the time to ask. We'll get as many calls in as we can. All we ask is that you keep your questions brief. Don't take like five minutes of our time. Get your question out quickly and keep it clean. All right, let's rock and roll. Wilma is up first. Wilma, we got the gun guy here. Go ahead. Yes, just need to know the number, that the FBI number, that you can go get around the delay when you go to purchase a firearm. Um, uh, the number, like the phone number? Or, no, it's just it was just something that you just... Uh, oh, 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 I think what you're talking about, if you got delayed or denied in a firearm yeah. transaction, I, th- I, know, I, I know what you're asking me. You're talking yeah. about the NICS transaction number, the NTN, yeah. and the NICS yeah. transaction number, the gun store should give that to you on a, on a little form that comes from ATF, FBI, um, that has NTN on it, and it's a combination of letters and numbers, but that's your NTN, that's what you need. But the gun store should have given that to anybody who was delayed or denied. Well, it was at a gun show. It was NTN, Nick's transaction number. Okay. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. All right. Joe is up next. Joe, we got the gun guy here. Rock and roll. All right. Reciprocity. States. Uh, having in Indiana, I understand there's some states you can't, but I know Florida and Utah, uh, are those still good for traveling for a majority of the western states for Utah and Eastern for Florida, is that still good? Well, I'll tell you where you go. You go to uh, the 2A Project, my gun rights organization, the2aproject.com, and uh, and you scroll down to the articles. And, and one of them I wrote after constitutional carry passed here in Indiana, I wrote an article that says how reciprocity works since constitutional carry. That spells it out in terms of what states you're legal in, what states also have constitutional carry, and then what states don't have constitutional carry but recognize the Indiana license. That'll give you all those states. The only thing to remember is that um, I believe it's Texas and Alabama, if I remember correctly, have passed constitutional carry since I posted that article and so just keep that in mind but in terms of what states recognize our license just go to the2aproject.com scroll down and also the u.s concealed carry association uscca they have a reciprocity page it's interactive it's great you go there you say what state you live in do you have a license yes or no um what state you what states you're legal in boom a map comes right up and it's really convenient and you and and, and i download that um that that app and i can access it from my phone so u.s concealed carry association has a great interactive map 
wouldn't it still be ideal to have one of those other states to, because like in Indiana, it's one of those things. If you show your Indiana to a state police or uh, municipal cop, you say, Hey, look, and that's kind of less of a, uh, really suspicion because of constitutional carry. You don't, does it make sense having a, uh, one of those from like Florida or Utah? Does it make sense to have one? Well, I mean, I I I got a Utah license just because at the time it was recognized in something like seven or eight more states than Indiana's was, um, so that can help. But um, but I mean, they they understand. They should understand. I can't I can't tell you what every local cop's gonna gonna say or do, uh, but they should understand that their state recognizes or doesn't other states' licenses, and now that's not ever been an issue for me when I've traveled. I love having all the ladies call in today. Love this. Jennifer is up next. Awesome. Jennifer, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. We got Guy Relford here. All right. Hi, Guy. Hi. Uh, I think I've actually called a few times before, but uh, I have a quick question. Sure. So if you live in a house where, like, say, a rooms are rented out and one person is a felon, but the rest of the people are have, like, no record, can you own a gun or does the felon get in trouble? Well, the if the felon has access to uh, a gun that's in the house, um, then uh, they potentially can go to jail because there's there's construction there's there's possession and there's what's called constructive possession, and that includes both the intent and the capacity to to uh, control the possession or control the the uh, a firearm within uh, the house, and so let's say that person's home alone in a house and there's a gun sitting on a nightstand somewhere that that person has access to um, and for whatever reason police come to that house that person could go to jail for possession of a firearm by a felon uh, under what's called constructive possession so um, that nobody else is at risk if they're not a prohibited possessor but the person who's the felon uh, is at some risk if he has access to it so what I've told people to do or recommended that people should do is for instance um, if you're one of the people that can have a gun, get a safe that, for instance, only opens with your fingerprints, and uh, don't program the felon's fingerprints into it. That and you can you... buy those on Amazon oh, or yeah. a number of places. They're uh, easy to find. Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple of them. And that way that you can establish that person never had access to the gun, um, which would prevent them from getting in trouble. Brad is up next. Brad, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Go ahead. Guy Relford's here. Hey, guys. This kind of spins off the last question. Um so I've got a 25-year-old felony. It's a battery with serious bodily injury. Um, you always hear the stories about if you're a felon, you can have, like, black powder guns, long guns, bows and arrows. What's Indiana's law on that? And also, would an expungement of that felony grant gun, by, gun rights back to me? Yeah, I'll answer the second question first. First of all, an expungement would restore your rights. But just one thing for you to know. Um, for a, a, a felony involving serious bodily injury, first of all, you have to wait 10 years before you can expunge it, but it sounds like you're well past that. But the other is you have to get prior written consent from the prosecutor's office in the county where the conviction occurred in order to expunge that because it involves serious bodily injury. If the prosecutor will agree to it, and I've had those happen where they have because, you know, there were extenuating circumstances, the person completely changed their life around, um, then you can potentially still get it expunged. Um, and you know what? I'm sorry. I only I know I only answered half your question, but let's stop it there because we got, I think, other people waiting. 
Rodney is up next. Rodney, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, I just got a quick opinion question. My NRA membership expired at the end of January, and with everything going on, I was kind of hesitant. But do you think that with the changes that have gone on, would would it be okay to go ahead and re-up? Well, let me tell you, I mean, I'm a, a benefactor-level life member, which is about three levels above life member of the NRA, and I think we need a strong, well-funded, efficient, effective NRA at the national level. I think it's critical because of all the groups out there fighting to strip us of our rights. Um, and and so, yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't oppose the NRA in any way, um, but in my mind, what I've said for a while is that I'm not going to send him any more money until I see Wayne LaPierre gone. And it looks like there are some things in the works, uh, obviously, to make that happen. Uh, At that point, I'd be confident enough to where I would still send my money to him. Lee is up next. Lee, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hi. I'm just wondering where things stand on pistol braces right now. <laughs> Great question. Um, and we've talked about that here on Hammer Nigel before. But uh, for people who don't know, that's you know, it's just an accessory that we can put on a pistol um, that for years the ATF said was legal. Now they've said, oh, no, that converts it to a short-barreled rifle. And if you haven't registered that, you're looking at 10 years in federal prison. Um it's being disputed. There was one judge in the Northern District of Texas um, that found that to be unconstitutional and issued an injunction. So my understanding is that ATF is not enforcing that regulation as we speak, um, but that's dependent on their whim of the day in terms of whether they're enforcing it or not, which I don't trust. So I still personally wouldn't have a pistol brace on my pistol without having it registered as an SBR. Um, but a lot of people are out there saying, hey, no problem, uh, because uh, this judge issued an injunction. All right, we got two callers left here. I think we can get them both if everybody goes quickly. Ethan, rock and roll. Go ahead. Ethan, are you there? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, Real quick, I'm wanting to start a home-based FFL as an outbuilding I have, and I just wanted to know, is there any state or federal regulations on how many or how many firearms or accessories I have to sell or or stock? No. There, there are no numbers associated with being an FFL. Um, you, people have FFLs that sell uh, only a handful of guns a year, and there are some that, that sell a lot. So, no, the, the answer to your question is no, but I appreciate you calling. E-Buzz, you get the last question here. Go ahead. We got Guy Relford. Hey, I grew up just south of Eaton. That's my people, let me tell you. (laughs) Okay, Guy, I pray that you've got another 25 years in, but who is going to take your place? Uh, Well, that's a good question, Um, and I appreciate the comment, uh, the sentiment of the comment. Uh, We need to work on that, Um, and and look, there are a lot Jefferson Shreve. Yeah, Jefferson Shreve. Jefferson Shreve is going to be the new gun guy, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Joe Joe Hogsett's about to be out of a job, so (laughs) hey. Um, But, um, but, you know, I I don't know that I can can identify that, and I'm getting pretty old, so we need to talk about 
successorship in terms of who's going to run the two-way project and that kind of thing. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Sounds but- like a reality show needs to happen, like a succession type of reality yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, but we need to, we need to focus on that because hey, I'm I'm getting a little older and uh, and my wife may talk me into going and just sipping margaritas on a beach somewhere. Well, I tell you what, guy, you're still young enough to have a few beers, right? You betcha. Beer sample Friday next.